The thirty-first book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book thirty-one. The argument. Unwares doth Guidon with Rinaldo fight, but afterward is by his brethren known, by whose great courage and united might the Turks are vanquished and overthrown. Good Brandimart seeks out that woeful knight whose wits by love distraught are not his own, his tain, and of his life was in great peril. Rinaldo and Gradasso fall to quarrel. What state of life more pleasing may we find than theirs that true and hearty love do bear, whom that sweet yoke doth fast together bind that man in paradise first learned to wear? Were not some so tormented in their mind with that same vile suspect, that filthy fear, that torture great, that foolish frenesy, that raging madness called jealousy? For every other sour that gets a place to seat itself amid this pleasant sweet doth help in then to give a greater grace, and makes love's joy more grateful when they meet. Whoso abstains from sustenance a space shall find both bread and water relish sweet. Men know not peace, nor rightly how to deem it, that have not first by war been taught to steam it. Though eyes want sight of that they would see fain, the thought yet sees, and hearts with patience take it. Long absence grieves, yet when they meet again, that absence doth more sweet and pleasant make it. To serve and see you long time for little gain, so that all hope do not even quite forsake it, one may endure, for when the pain is past, reward, though long it stay, yet comes at last. The sharp repulses and the deep disdains, and all the torments that in love are found, at last with pleasure recompense the pains, and make far more contentment to abound. But if this hellish plague infects the brains, though afterward it seem both whole and sound, the quality thereof is so mischievous, the very thought is to a lover grievous. This is that cruel wound, against whose smart no liquor's force prevails, nor any plaster, no skill of stars, no depth of magic art, devised by that great clerk Zoroaster a wound that so infects the soul and heart as all our sense and reason it doth master a wound whose pang and torment is so durable as it may rightly call it be incurable this is a plague that quickly doth infect all lovers hearts and doth possess their thoughts as well with causeless as with just suspect by this a man to madness mere is brought O oh, plague, by whose most damnable effect, in deep despair, to die have diverse thought. O oh, jealousy, that didst without desert possess the noble Bradamante's heart. Not for the tale her maid or brother told, which made within her mind a sharp impression, but other news that made her heart full cold, how her love of new love did make profession, as I more plain hereafter shall unfold. For now... I needs a while must make digression to brave Rinaldo, that to Parisward did march with that same crew of great regard. The day ensuing, ere it yet was night, they met an armed knight upon the way. A lady fair accompanied the knight. His armor all was black, save that there lay athwart the breast a wreath of argent bright. 
and straight the foremost man in their array which richard detto was as then did chance he challenged with him to break a lance the gallant youth that never man refused straight turned his horse a space for course to take as one that for his time had often used such feats as this to do and undertake rinaldo standeth still and then perused to see which knight the fairest course could make now richard Ed thinks if i hit him just i shall this gallant tumble in the dust but otherwise it then to him befell and of his reckoning he was quite deceived the t'other knew to hit and sit so well that richard it was from the saddle heaved alardo seeing how his brother fell did think to avenge the foil that he received but he likewise inferior did remain his arm was bruised his shield was rent in twain Richardo next the self-same fortune tried and was constrained unto the ground to incline although to him rinaldo loudly cried stay hold your hands for this course should be mine vivian and malagage and more beside that at their kinsman's foil did much repine would then have fought with this same stranger knight save that rinaldo claimed it as his right and said my friends we must to paris haste but to himself he said it were a jest for me to stay till all they down were cast by one and one i'll fight and they shall rest this said he spurs his horse and cometh fast and as he runs he sets his spear in rest the t'other doth as much and either spear the stroke doth in a thousand pieces tear the horsemen with the stroke stir not an inch they both had learned so perfectly to sit but on their horses it doth shrewdly pinch yet bayard scarce his course doth intermit the t'other's horse had such a parlous wrench that marred him quite and break his back with it his master that was greatly grieved to see it forsakes his seat and takes him to his feet and to rinaldo that with naked hand came toward him in show of truce he said sir knight i give you here to understand i liked so well this horse that here is dead i think it would not with mine honor stand to leave him unrevenged which hast me led to challenge you even as you are true knight that you will answer me again in fight rinaldo answered if your horse you lost the only cause of this your quarrel be then comfort you for of mine only cost your want herein shall be supplied by me with such a horse as i may boldly boast to be as good a one as e'er was he not so sir said the t'other you mistake it i will expound my mind and plainer make it though i liked well my serviceable horse yet sithy now is in this conflict slain think not that of his death i so much force as that alone moves me to fight again but in plain terms on foot to try your force as well as erst on horseback i would fain rinaldo that of no man's force accounted without delay straight from his horse dismounted and sith quoth he i see your noble mind of this my company hath no suspicion they shall go on and i will stay behind and so will fight with you on even condition this said his band to part thence he assigned who went their way upon their lord's commission which bred great admiration in the stranger to find a man so little fearing danger now when his standard quite was out of sight and all rinaldo's company was gone then hand to hand they do apply the fight with force and fury great they lay it on each marvels at the t'other's passing might and yet of either side the gain is none they felt the blows so heavy and so hard that glad they were to lie well to their ward 
thus these two knights for honor's only sake together combat in such eager sort that every little error they should make endangered life in this unpleasant sport an hour and half this travel they did take each laboring to cut the t'other short and in his mind rinaldo marvels much who this should be whose skill and force was such and save he could not with his reputation he would have wished the battle at an end and offered of a truce communication and of his unknown foe have made his friend likewise the t'other felt such inclination now finding scarce he could himself defend that he repented his rash hardy part and would have had a truce with all his heart it waxed dark there fell an evening mist so that at last they neither of them know when he did hit aright and when he missed nor how to give nor how to ward a blow when first rinaldo wished him to desist sith now the sun descended was so low and that the combat might be now rejourned till phoebus were about the world returned offering at which the stranger greatly mused and his rare courtesy therein commended to lodge him where he should both be well used and like a man of honor well attended the t'other his great curtsy not refused and so between them two the fray was ended and straight rinaldo gave him as his gift his page's horse that was both strong and swift thus on they rode unto rinaldo's tent and grew acquainted ere they thither came by means in certain speeches as they went rinaldo happened to tell his name by which the stranger knew incontinent that this was that same paladin of fame and that himself was to rinaldo brother by father's side alone and not by mother the savage guide in this brave warrior hight that travelled had full many a hundred mile with those two brothers named the black and white and sansonet until by craft and guile they were surprised as you heard last night and made against their wills to wait a while for maintenance of laws unjust and bad that wicked pinabel devised had now when as noble guidon certain knew that this rinaldo was whom he before desired long to see he much did rue that he had done and did lament it sore a blind man would not be more glad to view the light he doubted he should ne'er see more than guiden in his mind was well appaid to see this night and thus to him he said what strange mishap what sinister adventure hath bred this fault in me my noble lord that i with you into this strife should enter with whom i ought to have all kind accord i am your father's son not by one venter i ever have your name and stock adored guiden i hight constanza was my mother born beyond euxine seas but yet your brother wherefore i pray pardon my fond offence that have instead of duty offered wrong and tell me wherein i may recompense this oversight and i will do ere long rinaldo that had heard of him long since and to have seen him did not little long embraced him and not only did forgive him but commendation great and praise did give him he said his value was a perfect sign to show himself in fight so fierce and stout that he was truly come of that same line whose noble root was blown the world about for if your manners did to peace incline then had there been said he more cause of doubt the fearful heart comes not of lion's seed nor doth a silly dove a falcon breed thus fell they two acquainted by the way and talked together friendly as they went but neither did their talk the journey stay 
nor did their riding make their speech relent until they came where all their brothers lay when as a great part of the night was spent who with great joy and pleasure did behold them and chief when who this was rinaldo told them for though he must to them no doubt have ever been very welcome as a brother dear yet could he be to them more welcome never than now what time as you before did hear they all did mind to do their best endeavour to rescue charles that was of heavy cheer wherefore for this one cause above the rest he was unto them all a welcome guest thus now the day ensuing on went guidon joining himself unto rinaldo's crew and as to paris walls they forward ride on they met two valiant youths that well him knew further with him conferring they descried one a lady richly clad and fair of hue these warlike youths had gismond to their mother white griffin and black aquilant his brother now guidon knew them and to them was known as having been together many days by whom they were unto rinaldo shown and praised for gallant men at all assays as in your judgment likewise in mine own rinaldo said these youths do merit praise for they have oft been proved two perfect warriors as well in spite as sport at tilt and barriers rinaldo did by their apparel know them tun ever wearing white that other black and friendly countenance he now did show them chiefly because the king did suffer lack wherefore into his band he doth bestow them that band that to the turks must bring much rack and they do join them to rinaldo's banner forgetting all old jars in loving manner between the house of ammon and these twins about one truffledin a jar there fell the matter at the first not worth two pins wherefore the circumstance i will not tell but now rinaldo their affection wins by using them so courteously and well for courteous speech and usage mild and kind wipes malice out of every noble mind now after these another knight there came hight sansonet a man of great account who welcomed was and took it for no shame of stout rinaldo's band himself to count while this thus passed behold the gallant dame that knew this noble lord of claramount for she was one that all the french lords knew told him a tale that made him greatly rue my lord said she i bring you sorry tiding he whom the church and empire held so dear runs all about in no one place abiding of sense and argument deprived clear he naked goes not nature's secrets hiding which me to tell and you must grieve to hear orlando that same light and lamp of france hath lost his wits god knows by what mischance his arms and sword that he away had thrown as things by him left and forsaken clearly i saw a courteous knight to me unknown but one it seemed that loved orlando dearly them gather where they scattered were and sown and even of charity as seemed merely in triumph wise on tree he hanged the same and underneath he graved orlando's name but straight the sword that hanged on the tree with force and scornful speech away was ta'en as i can witness well that did it see by mandricard the son of agricane think you what hurt this will to europe be that once again the turks have durandane the gentle knight strave long with him to save it but in the end was forced to let him have it 
I saw Orlando late in monstrous guise to run about uncouth and all unclad with strangest clamors and most hideous cries. In fine, I do conclude that he is mad, and save I saw it so with these mine eyes, I would not trust if any told it had. She further told how she had seen him later with Rodamont to tumble in the water, and last of all she told him she had heard how that about his sword there grew some strife between Gradasso stout and Mandricard, and how the Tartar having lost his life the sword was given Gradasso afterward, as over all the pagan camp was rife, and having ended this so sad narration, thereto she addeth this short exhortation, that he and every one that were not foe to stout Orlando would take so much pain in Paris or elsewhere him to bestow till he had perjured his distempered brain. Mine husband Brandemart, said she, I know, to do him any good himself would strain. Thus Fjordelegis spake the loving wife of Brandemart that loved her as his life. At this strange tale and woeful accident, such inward grief the good Rinaldo felt, that with the thought his heart incontinent did seem like snow against the sun to melt, and with all speed he might to go he meant, and by all means he might so to have dealt to seek Orlando, whom, if he can find, he hopes to bring him to a better mind. But sith he now had thither brought his band, or were it the will of God or were it chance, he first doth mind to end the cause in hand, and rescue Paris and the King of France. Wherefore he makes his men all quiet stand till night, what time himself will lead the dance, and then between the fourth and second watch he means at once the matter to dispatch. He makes his men lie close for all that day by way of ambuscado in a wood, and ease themselves and horses all they may, and take the sustenance of rest and food. The place within three leagues of Paris lay. And when the sun was set, he thought it good what time the world doth use his lesser lamp to Parisward to move his silent camp. And as he purposed, he performed indeed, for straight himself with that same gallant crew set out by night, as first they had decreed, in silent sort suspicion to eschew. Now came the time that they must do the deed. Now near unto the Turkish camp they drew, when first the heedless sentinels entrapping, they killed them all because they took them napping. The watch once slain, they are no longer dumb, but after stout Rinaldo soon they came. They sound the trumpet and strike up the drum, and calling still upon that noble name that often had the pagans overcome, I mean Rinaldo's house of Montalbain, which cry he caused both his own men to quicken, and that the Turks might in more fear be stricken. Himself well mounted on his famous horse doth press amidst the pagan prince's tents, and with his own and with his horse's force he treads them down and all in pieces rents. Unarmed or armed he kills without remorse, who ever cometh in his way repents. The drowsy men half-armed make poor resistance against so brave a man with such assistance. For why, beside those men I named before, whose virtue and whose value oft were shown, Rinaldo had six hundred men, and more, all perfect trained, of strength and courage known, which about Claremont he kept in store for his own use and causes of his own, though at this need his prince's turn to furnish, he soon agreed his own towns to unfurnish. And though Rinaldo had no great revenue, the which chief sinews unto war affords, yet kept he still six hundred in retinue, 
what with good usage and with gentle words, that all of them did still with him continue at his command, with lances, horse, and swords, nor was there any that from him away went, though divers others offered greater payment. Now think, when this brave crew the Turks assailed, at unawares half wake or half asleep, how that same name and that same noise them quailed, how here they fled and there with hold and keep, but smally flight, and less their flight prevailed. But even as goats from lions or as sheep from wolves make small defense, such in comparison these pagans made against Rinaldo's garrison. On t'other side King Charles, that by a spile had notice of Rinaldo's coming hither, with all that crew so noble and so loyal, that to his aid combined were together, with divers lords came forth in person royal, and all his men of arms likewise came thither. Eke Brandemart, rich Montodante's heir, did with King Charles unto the field repair, whom when his spouse that near about did hover had found out by his standard in his arms, and plainly saw it was her dearest lover, she rusheth in among the men of arms, and unto him herself she doth discover, who straight embraceth her in open arms, and leaving then the battle, drew apart, that each to other might their minds impart. And after sweet embracing oftentimes, they did confer together of their state. O virtue of those unsuspicious times, when ladies early wander might and late, and yet be faultless deemed and free of crimes! where now each small suspect turns love to hate. Yea, even for all their watching and safe-keeping, they doubt their wives do wake while they are sleeping. Among the conference this couple had, the lady did unto her spouse unfold how his good friend Orlando was fall mad, how she herself his madness did behold, his running naked, careless, and unclad. Not credible had any else it told, but credible it was now she had said it, for in far greater things he gave her credit. She further did to Brandemarkt recount how she had seen the bridge the pagan made, I mean the cruel pagan Rodomount, unto the stream so deep as none could wade, where he the passengers of best account did from each side with fury great invade, and with the spoils of those he killed and took did beautify a tomb built by the brook. And last she told how with his strength extreme Orlando heaved the Turk armed from the ground, and so with him fell backward in the stream, with peril great, there to have both been drowned, from whence Orlando went about the ream, where his mad parts would make him soon be found. This tale in Brandemart did breed such sorrow, he stayed not for the next ensuing morrow, but taking for his guide fair Fjordaledge, and being ready armed, as then he was, he goeth to seek that foresaid parlous bridge, in mind whatever hap the same to pass, where many men their lives line did abridge, as in such dangers soon it comes to pass. No sooner came he to the utmost ward, but Rodomount had notice by his guard. He greatly did to hear such news rejoice, and straight he cometh forth with warlike gesture, and bids him with a loud and scornful voice unto the tomb to yield his arms and vesture, or threatens him if he refuse this choice to make him drink beyond all good digesture. But Brandemart his threats did nothing fear, and makes no answer but with couched spear. Then straight to horse's side he sets the spurs, the horse he rode upon Batoldo height, 
the horse though good yet snores and starts and stirs much scared with narrow bridge and water sight eke rhodomount his good frontino spurs who never starts as used to this fight although the bridge did shake all under feet when in the middle way these knights did meet their spears that were of firm well-seasoned wood with so great force upon their armor strake that though their horses were both strong and good yet both fell from the bridge into the lake quite overwhelmed with water and with mood yet neither horseman did his horse forsake long tarried they within the stream below to search if any nymph dwelt there i trow this had not been the first time nor the fifth that from this bridge the turk had been thrown down wherefore his horse and he could better shift for neither horse nor he did doubt to drown for where the stream was most profound and swift he often had been plunged above his crown which made his horse and him the more audacious amid the stream although profound and spacious he knew by proof for he had tried it oft where all the shelves and where the channel lay which parts were gravelly and which were soft the t'other ignorant was borne away tossed here and there now low and then aloft the while the pagan greedy of his prey at all advantages doth still assail him whose horse's footing more and more did fail him at last with plunging and with striving tired he backward fell into the weeds and mood where he was like to have been drowned and myred save that his spouse that by the river stood in humble wise the pagan prince desired and in most earnest manner that she could even for her sake whose ghost he did adore to help her worthy knight unto the shore ah gentle sir if ever you did taste of love she said or of a lover's passion save that same knight on whom my love is placed and let him not be drowned in so vile fashion suffice it you your tomb will be more graced with one such prisoner of such reputation than hunders other that shall here arrive then take his spoils and save himself alive these words that might have moved a stone i think moved him to rescue noble brandemart who without thirst had ta'en such store of drink as from his limbs his life did well nigh part but ere he brought him to the river's brink he caused him with his sword and arms depart and made him swear now he was in his power to yield himself true prisoner to his tower the dame of comfort all was quite bereaved when as she saw how ill her spouse had sped and yet less grief of this chance she conceived than if he had been in the water dead she calls herself the cause that he received this harm that fondly had him thither led into a place of danger such and jeopardy as needs must hazard either life or liberty about the place in vain she long did hover then parted she in mind to seek some knight of charles's camp that might her loss recover and prove himself though not more strong in fight at least more fortunate than was her lover long did she travel all that day and night and eke the day ensuing ere she met one yet was it her good hap at last to get one a champion in a rich attire she met all wrought with withered leaves of cypress tree hereafter i will tell you but not yet what white this was whether he or she now turn i to the camp lest i forget the noble knights that set their sovereign free i mean rinaldo and his new-come brother with cunning malagage and many other 
Unpossible it was account to keep of those were killed that night and those that fled. Fierce agrament was wakened from his sleep, and with all speed that might be up he sped. He weighs the peril and the danger deep. His soldiers run away, ne'er making head. Marsilio, with Sobrino and the rest, wish him to fly for fear he be distressed. Advising him, sith fortune now gan frown, unto this tempest wisely to give place and to Arley or some other town so strong to dure assault no little space. So might he save his person and his crown, as first was to be cared for in such case, and then with wisdom warily proceeding to wait till time might serve of better speeding. Thus agrament to so great danger brought well knew not what to do nor what to say, but did as by his counsel he was taught, and in great haste conveyed himself away the while much woe into his men was wrought the christians them discomfit kill and slay the darkness caused the number be unknown that in this fight were killed and overthrown with haste full many were in water drowned that saw there was no safety in the land more succor in their heels than hands they found against such fierce assailants few durst stand but greatest damage did to them redound by those six hundred of rinaldo's band who did distribute strokes in so great plenty as every one of them massacred twenty some think that malagigi played his part in this conflict not wounding men or slaying but making of their foes by magic art to hear so huge a noise of horses neighing such sound of drums such shouts from every part as all the world had vowed their decaying by which they all were stricken in such fear as not a man of them durst tarry there yet though the turkish prince fled thence so fast the brave rogero he would not forget but caused him from danger to be placed, and on an easy paced horse him set. Thus now the Turks were by the Christians chased, and glad they were a walled town to get. But yet Gradasso and his valiant band did still unto their tackles stoutly stand. Nay, which was more, when as he understood how that Rinaldo, paladin of France, was he that shed such store of Turkish blood, he was so glad he ready was to dance he thanks his gods that were to him so good to send him this so much desired chance by which he hopes and makes account most clearly to win that horse rinaldo held so dearly for why gradasso king of saracane long since to france came with an army royal with only hope to conquer durindan that famous blade of so good proof and trial and eke rinaldo's courser to obtain that bayard height and now when in a spile he knew rinaldo was on that beast mounted the conquest sure the horse his own he counted so much the rather for that once before about this matter they had made a fray fast by the sea upon the sandy shore to tell the circumstance i may not stay but malagigi thence his cousin bore and did into a barge him safe convey and thereupon rinaldo ever since was ta'en but for a coward by this prince wherefore in hope so rich a spoil to reap two hours before the rising of the sun all armed on alfana he doth leap and with his lance to death are divers done on french the moors on moors the french doth heap and all he meeteth he doth overrun so did ambition set his heart on fire to meet rinaldo such was his desire soon after this each met with spear in rest but neither then at first the other knew each brake his spear upon the t'other's crest 
Unto the heavenly car the splinters flew, Then with their swords either was ready pressed, Their lances thrown away, their swords they drew, Each laying on the other so fell strokes, As if not knights had fought, but clowns felled oaks. Gradasso, though he knew him not by sight, For yet the morning beams were not displayed, Yet did he guess both by the horse's might And those fierce strokes that t'other on him laid. Wherefore, with words that savoured scorn and spite, He straight begins Rinaldo to upbraid, And said he had his challenge disappointed, And not appeared on the day appointed. Belike you thought I should have met you never, But now, said he, you here are met right well. Assure yourself I will pursue you ever, Were you tain up to heaven or down to hell. No height nor depth should hinder mine endeavor, I mean to find you out where'er you dwell. To shun the fight with me it doth not boot Until you leave your horse and go on foot. At this his speech were divers standing by, As Guiden, Richardet, and others more, Who would have slain Gradasso by and by, Had not Rinaldo stepped them before, And said in wrath, What, masters, am not I well able Wreak my private wrongs therefore? Then to the pagan gently thus he spake and wished him mark the answer he did make whoever saith that i did fight eschew or showed effect of value any way i say and do avouch he saith untrue and i will prove by combat what i say i came unto the place to meet with you no excuses did i seek nor no delay and frankly here to you i offer fight but first i wish you were informed right then took he him aside, and more at large he told what happened him, and how by art his cousin Malagidge into a barge conveyed him, and forced him to depart. In fine, himself of blame quite to discharge, he brought him out to witness every part. And then, to prove that this was true indeed, he offered in the combat to proceed. Gridasso, that both courteous was and stout, gave ear unto the tale Rinaldo told and though it seemed he stood thereof in doubt, yet him in all his speech she not controlled. But in conclusion, having heard it out, he doth his former purpose firmly hold, which was by combat fierce to try and know if so he could Bayardo win or no. The paladin that passed not a point of no man's force to meet him gave his word. The place in which to meet they did appoint was near a wood and by a pleasant ford. There only added was a further point which was that Durandan, Orlando's sword, should to Rinaldo as of right accrue, if he the pagan overcame or slew. Thus, for the present time, departed they until the time approached appointed fight, although Rinaldo friendly did him pray to rest him in his tent that day and night, and offered frank safe conduct for his stay, so courteous was this same courageous knight. Gridasso greatly praised the noble offer, but yet refused the curtsy he did proffer. The fear was great that secretly did lurk in all the minds of all Rinaldo's kin, who knew the strength and cunning of this Turk was such as doubt it was which side should win. Fain Malagigi by his art would work to end this fray before it should begin, save that he heard Rinaldo's utter enmity in so base sort for working this indemnity. But though his friends did fear more than was meet, himself assured himself of good success. Now at the pointed time and place they meet, both at one very instant, as I guess, and first they kindly do embrace and greet the tone the t'other, 
with all gentleness but how sweet words did turn to bitter blows the next book saving one the sequel shows end of book thirty one